This is Curiosity Killed It, where we take sayings and phrases you hear all the time and probably ruin them for the rest of your life. Sam picks a saying, proverb, idiom, and springs it on my unsuspecting ass. Then we'll talk about what it means, how people use it, and what we would change to keep it relevant today. So Alex, is this a podcast on etymology? Nope. I don't know what that means, and we'll probably talk about whatever we want anyway. Practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. I feel like this is a very practical saying. Good one. And one that gets gets thrown around a lot. Yeah, I feel like I hear this one all the time. And I hear it a lot in the sports world. And I hear it a lot in the business world. Yeah, for sure. From my end, it's in the music world. Learning a song, learning an instrument, learning anything. You always hear practice makes perfect. I feel like it just has a ton of applications then. It's just like whatever you're closest to. Someone has said this to you in something that you are close to. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. In what context do you, like I understand you you know, you hear it in sports, you hear it in music. When someone's saying it to you or, or you're saying it to someone else, what are you trying to instill in them? Like what are you trying to get them to do? Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like this gets used after something goes wrong, oh. actually. So I don't think I usually hear it as in like, oh, like keep going and you will become perfect or you'll become amazing at this. I feel like it usually gets dropped when something doesn't go quite right. Like, oh, you you miss a big shot or um, you tried to do something, you tried to put a podcast together and it just falls completely flat and someone goes, oh, don't worry, practice makes perfect. Just keep on doing it and eventually you'll get it. Right. So it's it's the 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 gentle acknowledging that something wasn't great. I feel like that's not what it's actually supposed to be, <laughs> be used for, but I, I feel like I get that used on me a lot. And I actually feel like I use that a lot on people too. Like, don't worry, keep going. Practice makes perfect. Okay. So there's some encouragement there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like keep keep going, persist. So do you find it encouraging? It, Actually, no. I feel, I feel like this one gets used so often that it doesn't really mean anything anymore. I think it's kind of like it's gotten to the point where it's just kind of like a gentle tap on the back. Don't worry. Keep going. You got this. Yes. And I, I agree completely. It's lost all meaning. We've heard it so many times in so many different contexts. And yeah, I think you are right. I think I do mostly hear it after a mistake as a, yeah, as like a, some sort of display of hey, you can do it, you know, encouragement. Let's keep going. Don't get too down on yourself. Let's go. Yeah. Now, do you have anything in your life that you practice? It's interesting because I feel like I want to define practice. Like I'm not a, I don't play an instrument or do anything where I feel like crazy or play chess or something where like I feel crazy repetition and like traditional practice helps you out. But I mean, we podcast a lot. I feel like we're not necessarily practicing, but every single time we do it, we're learning a bit more. We get a little bit better at it. Everything I do in life, I feel like that happens. Video game, you play it, you get a little bit better over time. So it's weird when you say the word practice because it's interesting to me because outside of the world of sports, I don't even take practice as like something I'm actively doing. It's just something that happens over time. Right, yeah. So this is the, the, the big question between doing and practicing. Because there is a difference, sort of. Sort of. I feel like it, again, I keep on going back to sports here. Yes. And I think it's, I think it's easier because like there's defined practice time in sports, right? Like I played soccer all as a kid and you had practices twice a week and a game once a week. So you're practicing twice as much as you were playing. And it was dedicated practice time to get better. 
So like in that sense, there's practice. And then when I'm playing that game once per week, I'm getting reps in and I'm learning. But is that still quote unquote practice? This is this is great. I, I love that you have that experience because for me as a as a musician, I play guitar. Practice is really important. And specifically taking time to practice is is vital in that it gives you the opportunity to acquire new skills to then be able to play in a different way. Much like in your sports, right? You've got those two days where you're learning new plays, you're learning new techniques, you're learning, you're practicing them. And then you're using them in your in your event. You get like this lower risk environment, right? Like I, I get a chance to try something, learn it, take it for a spin before the stakes are higher. So I can think of a something that I think you and I both practice and we may not see it as that because we don't end up actually doing the the playing of it. But like, do you just go shoot free throws in the summer? Yeah. I do. <laughs> That's practicing th- free throws, right? Like there's no one else around you. You're not playing basketball. That's true. Just go out, shoot. Yeah. You're practicing guitar. If I pick it up and I play some major scales, I'm practicing. So talking about learning, like there's kind of, it, I see it as kind of, there's like three steps. There's learning it, there's practicing it, and then there's executing. Okay. And I think this saying leaves out the first part, the learning. Okay. So you think this saying is missing a big piece because you need to learn something and get the base level understanding of it. And you're viewing practicing it as I have that base level understanding and now I'm refining and honing in towards execution. Yes. And this is so obvious in music because you can learn something incorrectly and then practice it incorrectly without knowing. It happens in sports too. Like I'm a big basketball fan. So I'm thinking basketball you get people who make it all the way to the NBA level and they have like a janky shot. It's not, it doesn't look good. It has like a hitch in it or something like that, but that's how they've learned to shoot their entire life. And like, they're comfortable doing it. And you get a lot of people like, like coaches trying to deconstruct that shot and then rebuild it back. And some people get better because they have reconstructed this, but there's a lot of players that they just, they can't get rid of it. It has to be a part of their game because it's just been bad learned behavior for so long. Yeah. So, so this, this brings me to my first different way to say this saying perfect practice makes perfect. Oh man. Now we got a lot of perfects in there. (laughs) A lot, right? Like if you're not practicing something the proper way, then how are you ever going to achieve it in the proper way? All right. I'm feeling you. I don't like the double perfect in there. And I have this thing too, like perfection for me is just such a loaded term. Yes. And what what is perfect? I I have this saying, I like to say perfection's like an asymptote. You can always approach it, but you'll never get there. And there's like this I there's this level of learning like at the very beginning I can get like a lot better and then as I start to get towards perfection, I'm learning a little bit more and a little bit more, but I'll never reach true perfection. So, regardless of how well I'm learning it, can I ever even get to what the saying is talking about? I totally hear you. What's the point of of trying for perfection if it's not attainable? It's not that you're striving for perfection. It's that you're striving to be a little bit better. So like in my sports reference, like there's going to be some people that are going to flame me in the comments about like, (laughs) we can talk about LeBron James versus like Michael Jordan, who's the best basketball player. But like LeBron James can always get better. He will never be perfect and some people might even say hey he's the best to ever play like what can he do better he's still continually trying 
to get better. And it doesn't matter that you'll never approach or that you'll never get to perfect. But if you continually get better and set that bar higher and higher, like someone at the front is setting the bar at what everyone else is chasing. And that person at the front is slowly approaching perfection, but will never get there. And that's okay because they still need to put like, oh man, here's an, I'm always, I'm always use a saying in one of these. They're always need to push the envelope, right? Right. I mean, basketball is, is kind of a tough one because what would perfect in basketball mean anyway? Right. There's so many variables. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you could say like perfect from the free throw line, perfect field goal percentage, but like these are, I would argue that when you strive for that type of perfection in a game, you're probably doing your team a disservice anyway. (laughs) Right. That's a great point. I was thinking about sports uh, when thinking about this and I was trying to think of ones where perfection is possible. Oh, baseball. You can pitch a perfect perfect game. game. Yep. Right. Bowling. Yep. Darts. Is darts a sport though? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, bowling might even, uh, we could have that argument a different day. There, there are times where people have achieved perfection in a very specific set of circumstances. This, this is interesting. Like where you're going here is interesting to me because I, I feel like sometimes you hear like it's a solved game versus like an unsolved game or like a fixed game versus like a variable game. Something like chess, like there is perfection in chess. It's a solved game, right? Or bowling. There's perfection in that. And people can strive for for perfection because perfection is built into that game. It is a game of perfection. It's a game of precision. It's however you want to say that. But again, like practice makes perfect, maybe in those situations, but like life doesn't have a fixed set of rules. Most sports have so much variability. Wow. Variability, 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 whatever in them that like how can you how can you be perfect and like striving to be perfect actually might hurt you more than it helps you for a bowler a hundred percent strive for perfection because then you're like you're gonna bowl a perfect game yeah so perfection is achievable when defined exactly when there's a clear set of rules and a clear this is what perfection looks like Okay, because in that case, I I kind of like the saying practice makes perfect. If you have a definition of what perfect would look like and you're somewhat realistic about it, like bowling, I think everyone can wrap their head around a perfect game. Not that they can do it, no way, but they can they can picture it. Right. If I say play the perfect song, right, like what (laughs) that's so undefined and abstract. If it's play the major scale perfectly. Sure. But if it's just like be the perfect guitar player, that's not really a thing. Yeah, or be the perfect basketball player. Like, hey, your team could have a perfect season. You could go undefeated for the whole season, but I'm still like, now I'm defining perfection as don't lose a game. And again, if we go back to like how people are using this saying, right? It's like, hey, you, I don't know, I'm going to flip back to like the business world for a second. It's like, hey, you send an email and like no one opened it and it didn't do what you wanted to do. Don't worry, practice makes perfect okay, right. where am I going with this? (laughs) A question for you, just kind of even a little off the topic, but do you have strategies that you use for learning? If you're like, I need to learn how to do this, does practice fit into that? Do you have another strategy? Yeah, it's interesting. Depends on what I pick. Like when you first talked about that in terms of learning, my head went back to like my university days. And I I was the kid who made cue cards. Ah. So I, yeah. Everyone on my floor, if anyone from my first year 
business classes listening to this, they know I'm the king of the cue cards. I build them. And then all of a sudden it becomes this like team activity to get quizzed by the cue cards. But what's interesting is that the learning for me doesn't actually happen with doing the cue cards, like actually reciting them or having myself be quizzed on it. It comes from writing them. It comes from like, I've read this in the textbook. I transcribe it into this. I then write the answer on the back of it. And I've now like done the complete, I don't know, gambit of what that is. And I've had so many steps that it's now, now like firmly implanted in my mind. So in that sense, I think practice is helping me towards perfection there. I've done it like a couple times. I go through it another time. Like I'm getting more reps in. So I think like, even if we don't talk about practice, we talk about repetitions. That's what helps you learn. The more you're able to do something, you're going to achieve the results faster because learning is not just about like consuming something and having like an understanding of what to do. You actually need to do it. Like imagine in your guitar example, it's like, oh yeah, I know how to play that scale. Like I know where to place my fingers on the like fingers on the frets now because I've read it online. Did I learn that? I guess I learned it, but I haven't put it into practice yet. Yeah, I think you're right. I think repetition and 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 acting it out and doing it practice, it's going to get you there. Now, what's interesting for me, and I wonder if you can relate to this, is for me, the time spent practicing is almost as important as the time between practice sessions. Okay. So for me, I can learn something on guitar, go to bed, you know, have a day come back to it and I'm just better at it. I haven't spent any time actively doing it in that time, but my brain's just been processing it in the background. It's just magic. Magically, you're better at it in between. No, I, I think the important thing about what you said, there's like your brain's processing in the background. And I, I get that too. And I think like my best example of that is when I play board games. Mm. It's like when the game's done, you kind of play back like a certain situation and you learn from it. You're like, man, I really screwed up there. Or like, why did I lose or why, or more importantly, sometimes why did I win and go back and like replay that key thing? Like, oh, I missed that note. I missed that play. And then you start thinking about it. And it like, I feel like that's actually a skill that people need to work on. They need to practice is like actually rethinking and replaying and thinking about in that thinking in that space in between to get to where you want to be. Because I feel like a lot of people actually don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think a, a good visual example of this recently was Queen's Gambit. Oh, yeah. A great show. You and I have talked about it before. But like when she loses something or, or she's trying to wrap her head around something, you'll see her just sit down and visualize it for hours on end, the chessboard and why she lost and, and why she won and, and what options existed uh, outside of what was actually done, right? She's picking different points in the, in her, her process and exploring them on multiple tangents. And I think you're right. I think there is importance to doing that actively, but I think there's also importance to doing it passively and actually stepping away. And, and, and you can look up like memory studies where if you learn something and then go to sleep, when you go to sleep, that's actually where your brain takes its active memory and puts it into long-term storage. So there is actually like a physical thing that happens to the things you've learned in the day when you go to sleep which is why sleep is so important. But I think there's also this element of internalizing something, right? Like you've learned it, you've had it, there's been time for it to settle within you. And now it is just a thing that you know how to do. I kind of agree. I would argue that the internalizing of this, like you, 
you need to semi learn the ability to do that. I feel like so when you were talking about like, hey, you need like time to step away from something a hundred percent. I will subscribe to that is if you burn yourself out trying to learn something you will get to a point where you're actually doing yourself a disservice by continuing to practice. And that has nothing to do with like getting tired per se. But like if you just try over and over and over again, like eventually that becomes bad. You need time to reset, refresh the like passive, like mindless idea of like letting something like, yes, maybe when you're sleeping, but trying to learn something and like memorize something before you go to bed and then like sitting on that, that's one thing. But if you try to do that during the day, like I would argue that you still need to, I don't know, without going down like the crazy philosophy route here is like, there's still like a consciousness of I'm learning and I'm thinking about it. You don't just like turn your brain. I'm could talk about like meditation, but like, you don't just turn your brain off of learning to get better at it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Something has to be going on there for it, you know, you to become better at it. So yeah, there's, so I guess for me, what I'm really pointing out is, and this, maybe this is mostly a music thing or I'm sure there's other things, but because that learn part is so important in music. So you learn it. And before you can actually start to practice it, you really have to learn it. There's so much muscle mechanical stuff that happens between learning something with your left hand and your right hand and where things are going and what timing things are happened at that you almost have to learn it, internalize it, have it memorized before you can just start practicing it in a way that you'll actually get better at it. I find it really difficult when these two things overlap, where I'm trying to practice something while I'm still learning it. So for me, I think it's this like, learn it, go to bed, the memory becomes more permanent. And then when I go to practice it, I don't have to remember it from a book. I can just kind of, from my memory, uh, pull it out so I can practice. I can focus on actually doing it over and over again instead of trying to remember what it was. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I... I let me talk it back to you and see if I, I'm understanding. It's like you're saying in the learning phase, like that's where you need to like commit it to memory. And there's this there's this idea of learning something first. And then once I have that ability or like that skill done, now I can try it over and over and over again to start to perfect it so I'm actually getting better at it. Is, is that more or less right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. And I think a good example of this is when I was starting to play basketball more frequently, I had a really ugly shot and I would just go and I would shoot a lot. Like I would go out to the court and just start throwing balls. And like, I, I'm, when I'm saying throwing balls on purpose because like it was not shooting. <laughs> and one of my friends, like, he's like, what are you doing? Like your legs aren't in your shot. Like your elbows not going here. So like I, I was practicing a ton and I would never have gotten better until someone actually was like, Hey, this is what you're doing wrong. You got to get your legs in your shot. You got to follow through. It's a wrist and elbow movement. So that learning of like what actually to do now, my shot is so much better because like I actually have the fundamentals down that the practice is helping me. The repetition is helping me where before the repetition was actually probably just making me that much worse every single time I went out there. Right. And, and I, I imagine that, you know, now that you have the advice that was given to you committed to memory, right? You're not having to seek that advice every time before you practice, right? It's so funny though, because sometimes you just get going and you forget the fundamentals. Yes. And like, I'll be shooting, I'll miss like three in a row. And then I'll be like, what, what is wrong? Like that self-reflection. I'm like, okay, like follow through wrist flick elbow, like point at the basket. And like, you kind of like 
do the motion like a couple. And I feel like you see you see basketball players do this all the time. They miss a couple, and then all of a sudden they're kind of like motioning the actual shot and like not actually shooting. I feel like I do that a lot too. It's like reminding myself, like, why am I doing this wrong? It's because I'm missing the fundamentals again. That's great. And it, it actually reminded me of a technique that I've heard before for learning that I think is so valuable. And I want your thoughts on it. So the Mythbuster, Adam Savage, whom I adore, back in the day when drones were first becoming more commercially available, he uh, knew that flying drones was unlicensed, but would probably eventually require a license. So to get better at drones and to prepare himself for eventually needing a license, he started taking a flight log where he would, he had a book and on every page it had his flight checklist, just like you would do on a commercial airline. So he would make sure that the batteries were charged. You know, the, there was a landing zone. There was no overhead wires. Like he would do this full checklist every time he would f- do his flight. He would journal the flight afterwards, and then he would do his pack up checklist. And if you did that for basketball, right? Like, okay, I need to remember to do my wrist, my elbow. I got to point my toe. I got to square my shoulders, all of these things I have to follow through. And then you did a bunch of shots and you wrote down how it went. And then you had like maybe a cool down or something like that. Structured learning like that, I think has a lot of potential. Structured learning like that does have potential. And I feel like there's a book called the checklist manifesto. And it, it is, it is actually a very interesting read where it's basically talking about like, yeah, that's how you get someone from like novice to intermediate is like you make them go through the same steps every single time. So like I'll subscribe to that definitely helps you learn. I don't know if I would do it with like basketball, but what's I'm, I'm going to sound like a huge nerd here for a second, but I got really into playing FIFA for a bit nice. and I would record after every single game, like what the score was, what my shots on, what my shots on goal was, what my pass percentage was to try to see like when I was losing, was I losing for a particular reason? I feel like the checklist is kind of the same thing of what we were saying before, where it's like just rationalizing and playing back like what went wrong and like what could have been better. And I feel like one of the biggest tips for learning is you don't want to just look at why you lost. Look at why you won too. Right. I feel like a lot of people go back and like watch the tape, as they say in sports, when they lose a game. The people who do extremely well watch the tape when they're playing well too. Why did you do so well? Here's why. That makes so much sense to me that people would overlook that because you win the game. You're like, okay, check. That's done. I, uh, I've completed that thing. Why would I ever revisit it? Where when they lose, it's like they've left something open ended, right? It's like this game never ends for them until they've, you know, figured out what went wrong. There's a saying in business that sales solves almost all problems. So the idea there is like when you're selling and when things are going well, you don't really look at all the problems that are actually in front of you. So even though like there could still be like a shit ton of flaws and like a bad business model, if you're making money, no one pays attention. That's so true. And I I feel like that's kind of what happened in the world, right? We had so many years of like not a lot of two crazy things going on. And then something crazy happened and it was like, well, we should have checked this system and this system and this system, but things were going well. So why bother? Exactly. Like it happened, like anything you can apply it to sports, music, like, I don't know, the pandemic, like the economy, anything like that. When things are going well, people don't pay attention to the flaws that exist. But when things are going really poorly, we are way more in tune and hyper aware of 
every mistake, every area to improve. All right, then. So does this change your definition of a perfect season in basketball? Is it better to have some losses in a basketball season where you can identify these mistakes and you can make these changes so that you're a better team next time versus just winning the whole thing? As we're recording this, we are in the middle of March Madness right now. And there is a team in March Madness that is operating on a perfect season right now. And the amount of, I don't know, broadcasters that I hear talking, like, can they, like, the pressure of, like, having this perfect season, I feel like the pressure part is a bigger piece than, like, I think a good coach in basketball, even if you're winning all the time, is still getting you to go through the fundamentals. Hey, like, you won that game, Sam. But you did like this looked bad. This looked bad. We need to improve here. Great win, but there's still things we need to work on. So this is the this is the watching the tape when you've won. Yeah, that's so good. So let, let's come back to the words. The saying itself: practice makes perfect. Do you see yourself saying this? Do you have a way that you would change it? Yeah, for me, I people use this all the time on me. I don't use it that often on other people because of that idea that perfect is an asymptote like you'll never get there it's continually learning moving forward and learning from every action you take good bad win loss learn and apply what you learn to the next thing it's not about being perfect it's about being a little bit better than what you did before okay so i'm gonna take i'm gonna make a recommendation for how we could change it all right I have two, two ideas. So I mentioned earlier, perfect practice makes perfect, but there's too much perfect in that. I don't like that one. Let's hear number two. So you could ditch perfect altogether and and just say practice makes proficient. Practice makes proficient. I like that. Or even remove like practice and be like repetition instead of practice. Oh. Because like even practice, what we were talking about at the beginning is like, is practice like a set time? Right. And like, that's practice because like arguably game time still helps you get better. Right. So yeah, I had a few practice makes proficient is the one that kind of hit, hit me hard. I do like the repetition makes proficient. You kind of lose, you lose the alliteration or whatever you want to call that. Uh, It's not really alliteration. Our English Um, teachers won't like us that much. (laughs) No. Um, And then I thought maybe perfect practice makes almost perfect. But then if you're spending too much time worrying about practicing perfectly, then you're just never going to get anywhere. Um. So yeah, I, I think repetition makes proficient or practice makes proficient. One of those kind of, depending on what space you're in, might be a good way to go. What do you think? I think so. I I I, I just hate the word perfect or perfection. Yeah, same. So I, I like dropping that for repetition, proficient. Repetition makes, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm not going to wordsmith this very, very well, but the idea of continually learning leads to a better outcome analyze understand what you've done so that you can apply it purposefully to your next move to the next time you do it oh purposeful practice makes proficient (laughs) oh so many p's yeah wow that's being curiosity killed it we release new episodes every thursday so subscribe for weekly content if you have a saying you want us to completely ruin, leave a review and tell us which one. Or you can let us know on Twitter at Curiosity Killer.